Eoch Tanuyap, Kuiget Yuans, Kuiensna. Hi, everybody. My name is Kuiget Yuans. I'm a member of the Squamish Nation and the Yagalanis Clan of the Haida Nation. You're listening to Co op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. We live, work, play, and broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil Nations. Listening to Each for All, the Cooperative Connection, your weekly look at the cooperative sector and social economy, proudly broadcasting on Vancouver Co op Radio, 100.5 FM, and online at coopradio.org. I'm Sandy Goldman. Tonight we report on the women of Kincardine, Ontario, who saved their fitness program after buying the gym and converting it to a co op. Two founding members of the Concordant Ladies Fitness Co-op joined me to share this story of ingenuity, perseverance, and community-mindedness. Have a listen. I'm really pleased to be speaking with two founding members of the Concordant Ladies Fitness Cooperative, Anne Bromfield and Ginny Ross. Welcome to Each for All, Anne and Ginny. Great to have you with us today. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah. Now, Ginny, why don't you tell us a bit about Kincardine, Ontario, where it's located, what it's known for population. Just um, set the scene for us. Tell us about your community. Our community is on Lake Huron. It's one of the largest lakes with us in Canada. Uh, it uh, has 12,000 people. And uh, it's um, got great beaches. <laughs> we have surfers, just like... Uh, the place in Vancouver, Tofino. On the Vancouver. West Coast, yeah. On the West Coast, we have it on the East Coast. They, it's great. Um, we have a lot of industries. Um, Bruce Power is is our biggest, um, um, largest, basically, employer in town. Uh, and actually, it's for our whole area. Uh, it's not just Concordia, it's Port, other places. Um, people merge all over. Um, we have another business, Superheat. That's a good employer. And I can just add that the uh, Spruce Power is actually um, a nuclear nuclear, nuclear station, right. and it's probably it's the biggest nuclear station in the world. Right. And right now, they're big sponsors for the Blue Jays. You'll see Spruce Power right behind it. Wow. And and just in terms of living close to a nuclear power plant, just as an aside, is it safe? Is it? Are people oh, feeling comfortable? Gosh, yes. Okay. We have no, we're 100% safe. Okay. The community is very supportive of the business. It's been here for uh, decades now. Decades. I, myself, I moved here 40 some years ago with my husband. My husband was employed at Bruce Power. 
it wasn't Bruce Power then, but um, I mean, we've had no issues at all, and the community is very supportive of the of the uh, of of the plant. Of the plant, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, and so you. I, I would say ten um, percent of the population here probably is um, works at Bruce Power. I'm not sure what the percentage. We're not very pushed, but it's not, it's not a lot, but it's there. Right. Um, as I said, we're they're all over the place, so mm -hmm. it's um, it's pretty good. Are uh, we uh, we love it here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You came uh, for one year. Yeah, we stayed. all came for. <laughs> you came for a year and you stayed for the rest, right? The old story. The old story. Yeah. So, so you have a lot of seasonal uh, visitors as well, tourists. Yes, we have yeah, tourists in the summertime. And, right, and cottagers. A lot of Americans. Interesting. And, yeah. We actually our community is really crazy. Kitchener, which is just not too far away, uh, right. states across the way. London, London, um, they must have come up. That this Bruce Beach is noted for over a hundred years of families coming from all over, and those families are so. The families are taking over their, their parents' home, taking over the cottage, and yeah. putting this, uh, a, monster. a monster home. <laughs> wow! On the beach. Right. Yeah. I've, I've heard the beaches are beautiful there. Okay. I, I yeah. um, just as an aside, grew up in Ontario, in Toronto, and I went to school in Waterloo. Uh, but I know, you know, I never spent much time around Lake Huron. We were mm -hmm. always closer to Georgian Bay and the Muskoka yes. is kind of going yeah. in that direction. But um, I've heard that it's absolutely stunning. So for year round residents, um, I've read that um small gyms and fitness centers there's actually a few of them uh for a, a population of, of twelve thousand. is that the case yes it was um when we first started with curves there wasn't a lot around magnum was, uh gym, gym bags then at the gym time. bags gym bags and us that was it and gym bags was um co-ed and we were just female um and then uh, it worked really really well it did work well for a number of years, I'm only going to say 15 years, and then by then, Magnum, um, a few other gyms had already started up. So we sort of lost the younger crowd a little bit here and there, and we end up basically keeping with the over 50s. <laughs> okay, so for those over 50s women, um, the Curves Fitness uh, offered a specific kind of program. Is is I that right? No, I wouldn't, was I wouldn't, it wasn't designed, as, it was designed, the program was designed for women um, of any age. Um, but the reason it's turned out for us is that most of the founding members or the people who joined up had joined Curves uh, 15 years earlier during that 15 year period. We and, they, and we were, you know, we were younger then. And we decided to start this co-op. And it's just so happens that now we're, we've, we cater I mean, a facility seems to attract the 55 and plus. We don't do any, uh, what do they call them? The, 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 we don't do uh, any of those. Boot camps boot camp and all stuff. that stuff. So, so, but we do, we do have, like, we do have some 30-year-olds in our gym, but the majority of our members are 55 and over, but we just don't, we don't, we, we don't say that that's who we're, we're no, right. we want. Well, no, we, we, we stress strength training. Yeah. Strength it's training. The, that's what our machines basically do, and that's what the curves machines basically were. And we 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 follow that routing. We still do, and and that's how we basically push our our gym as strength training. 
Okay. It's, so when the curves was there, the original curves, and it had um, a specific program, I understand uh, a program of strength training and using machines in that for women of all mm -hmm. ages. Yes. Um, what made that attractive for women in your community? I think the fact that the, design, the machines were designed for women and also because it was women only. So there's, you're not, you're not at the gym with, you know, people with, with men and, uh, you don't need to move the weights <laughs> off the other machines that yeah. they had 200 pound weights and you had to take those off before you could get going. And you didn't have to dress up. Yeah, I didn't dress up. And so yeah. that was working well for quite a few years. And then oh. what happened, Jenny? Uh, our, um, our original owner um, decided to retire and she put it up for sale. So I went up for sale a couple of times and we still kept following the program. And then finally the um, last one, which is Jane Bensicle, we can say her name. And she, she kept it going, but then she, wanted to get out of it. So she's, we, nobody wanted to pay it. It got very expensive to have the cruise franchise and we couldn't afford it. It was astronomical to have it. And being that, that we were a small community and stuff, it wasn't good. And we had other gyms to compete with. It wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. But so a young girl decided to um, change it all. She, Says I'm not buying the Curves franchise. I get rid of all the stuff. I'm going to start my own. But she actually went a little too far because she did it all on her own. She didn't want any help, and she worked like 13 hours a day, and mm. she was a PSW on top of that. Oh my! It just got out of hand for her, so she decided to stop. And that was in March or April. Meanwhile, May came along, and I was at the market, and and all these girls are coming up to me saying our local market and then in the park. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> I said, right. I don't know. I don't want to go to the mixed gym either. And I don't want to do that because nobody wanted to go to the mixed gym. And I said, I don't know. And then Jane Van Sickle came up and said, I can help you out with this girl. She was a bookkeeper. I can help you out. Get the girls together. We had a meeting and she said, we'll work something out. And that she did. And she said, you can run this gym on 32 people very well you have all these people here you can do it and that's how we started and we went out and looked for a place and we found a place we painted it we got it all going and we bought some equipment and away we went that must have been very exciting i bet oh, those it were was. really heavy and then we days. started telling our members yeah our and, old members. and what was that like you know taking on uh, taking on this project um to keep well, it going what did it feel be... Must have been a felt, lot of fun felt, and nervous too. It felt too. really, really good, and we were really had a motivated team, but it was not as easy as we thought it was going to be. About but how many? Sorry, how many people were involved in that core group uh, to um, get this off the ground? Roughly. Uh, but we needed a core to start. We, needed, we had a core. Yeah, we had a core. A forty-five, I think, that said that committed to the first year's membership. We figured if we could have the first year's membership then we would be able to cover our expenses. We have ever, those people. So we did get about 45. I think, I think we got more than that. Yeah, I think we're up to 60. It was pretty high. And yeah. then we thought, woo, we've got so, it. You know? so, so it was pretty exciting. I mean, the process of becoming a co-op is not as easy. easy. I mean, there's a lot of bureaucracy to be 
done and you had to create your own bylaws. And But anyway, we worked through it and um, we had a good team and we got through it. And we, by, by um, I think we started in September 15th and by December we were fully incorporated. Yeah. And that was in 2015, as I understand. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's step back a little bit. Um, just so our listeners understand, the um, the Curves Fitness uh, went through a number of iterations over the years, and it changed, yes. you know, from this one to that one to this owner and that. But your members kept going for this specific um, opportunity to uh, have the gym to themselves as yeah. women, which was exactly. very important, and mm-hmm. use the machines uh, for strength training. Uh, balance one thing and another was a certain yeah. circuit and that and and that's very important too because um, mm-hmm. we can't always get outside especially in the winter to exercise the way we want so it sounds mm-hmm. like the the bedrock of keeping fit and strong was really important to the women in your community who were using you know the facility let's just call it that a facility over a number of years right yes that's correct yeah. at the point at which uh, your core group of, of women uh, wanted to um, preserve uh, a fitness uh, program and facility, and you decided that you're going to go out on your own and do it as a as a co-op. Jenny, why did you pick the cooperative model? Because um, Jane actually talked us into it. She said, this is the way to go, because she said, then everybody is involved with the gym. Everybody. Like we're we're all owners of the gym, so we all that, do things. And that felt good. That it. felt right. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. She, I think financially, she didn't feel that the uh, the model of the cur- curves model was going to work in our town anymore. Uh, the, the franchise, as Jenny said, had gotten too expensive, and um, she was getting out of the business mainly because it was just she just couldn't uh, run it and at a profit anymore. So she figured we had to do something that would be nonprofit. Right. So and, and Jane was the last Curves owner. Um, yes. So how was she instrumental in helping you? I understand she was a, a key source here uh, to help you move into your co-op. How did Jane help you? Jenny? She gave us the, bis- the business plan, like what, how to run it, like exactly what we needed all along. And then uh, right up to the very end when she passed away, she was right with us the whole time. She said, you were doing so well. This is good. This is good. We, what we were doing. And yeah. she said, this is perfect. We, uh, we had she our board. Our we mentor. had our own board. She was our mentor. She was our she mentor. Was, she was your mentor because she she knew business, right? Yeah. I mean, she was a curves owner. She didn't want to continue. Yeah. With she the was project, a bookkeeper. She, she was a bookkeeper. So she was an important resource. Uh, who else helped you along the way? I understand. Um, were you involved with the Ontario Cooperative Association in yes, some way? We, we were. They were. They were the. They were the ones who sort of got us sort of started, uh, and you know, giving us um, the advice. The advice and telling us what steps we would have to start with. Uh, so we had that, and then also we were having a lot of trouble getting insurance. Nobody would touch us until we went to the cooperators, and um, and they said no problem. Yeah, she says we are the cooperators. And then, and then not only that. The, the cooperators, she say that to us, but she also helped us along with some of our our business plans. Oh, yeah, well, our business plans. Jan, Jane. Right, not not just like. a not just a matter of writing an insurance policy, no, but no, uh, support as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Terrific. So now but you've got this. Sorry, sorry go ahead, Anne. 
I was going to say it's interesting to note because our local cooperator is owned by a woman and it's run by women. Run by women. So we had something in common there. Isn't it that great? Plus. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Okay, so you've got this uh, support from different uh, people, the cooperators, Jane, uh, Ontario Co-op Association. So what did you have to do? Uh, sell memberships? And what did a members being a member uh, involve? If I want to become a member of the uh, fitness co-op, what, what are my responsibilities and what's the cost initially? Anne? Okay, the cost initially was $55 a month. Sorry, $50 a month. 50 yeah. yeah. It's just we had to put it up in the last couple of years, 55 uh, It was 50 And um, each each uh, member was, at the present time, we started off with you would have to agree to three hours of volunteer work uh, um, a month because we were trying to keep somebody in the gym all at, you know during regular business hours. Uh, but then as time went on, we, we realized that we, that wasn't necessary. We had a, a, a push-button lock. Uh, people could come in and come and go as they wanted it's open 24 7. so we cut that back to one hour and actually with the number of members that we have now it works out to less than an hour of volunteer work a month which is to look after the cleaning of the premises and everybody who comes to our gym we're almost at our the end of our eighth year now yeah in september will be eight years uh says we have the cleanest gym in town so that has worked very well so um and other than that, people just come in and do their workout. And uh, now, we're, of course, they, they sanitize after they when they're done. So, so yeah. since COVID, since COVID, we've done a lot. Yeah, we do all the. We, we worked with do. the health unit during COVID to, when we were able to reopen, follow their guidelines for reopening and so on. So you know, they, they were very, very helpful. And we were helpful with our our um, the owner of the building who yeah um, we pay rent to. He was excellent in during COVID. Um, what's the program that they called it? It was a, it was a government. It was a government thing that fund. they did, uh, the funding. Yeah. And so. it helped us out with the rent. Right. So you were supported. We were very, very, very yeah, supportive. We were very, very fortunate, actually. Um, Jenny, when members uh, join up, uh, do they also participate in uh, the board of directors? How does that work? And do they attend the AGM? <laughs> And it's cringing wish. there. I understand, the, I understand the board has been around. Nobody wants to give up nobody wants uh, or to nobody wants to join because they're so proud of your board. I, and I was Jenny, lucky. Jenny, you're the current president. Uh, no, Anne's and, the current president. And Jenny, you're I the was the original. President. Tell, us about, tell us about your board because I heard it's one of the most solid boards of directors out there. Uh, I was us. very lucky. I had it first. I didn't have any issues with the COVID or anything because well, I wasn't then. That was Anne. Right. Uh, well, according to our constitution, you're, you're president for one year and then the, the vice president takes over. Which was Anne. So, of course, I was vice president, so I took over after the first year. And since then, nobody. Sorry. Nobody. So I've, this is my, I'm completing my seventh year as president. Unfortunately. Wow. Jenny has been my partner in crime because she stayed on as, as past president. So, um, but it, it works out. But we keep asking every year, yeah. every meeting. People um, don't, people are not willing. Unfortunately, they are not willing to step up to. We're doing a very good job. Yeah, that's what they keep telling this us. That's so. what I hear. You're doing an amazing job. So people don't want to step <laughs> up and two, rock maybe the two, boat. Maybe too good. <laughs> but but how is it for the two of you to have been at the 
you know, in senior uh, volunteer, but, you know, important positions all these years to have been there from the beginning with the transition. Here we are in 2023. How, how do you feel about uh, what, what the group has achieved? Anne? Oh. I think I, we're really proud of what we've achieved, actually. And the only reason we do it is because we, we love it and we, we, we believe in the gym. But um, no, I think I think we... Um, they have a great bunch of ladies. Yeah, we have a, a, a nice, but a good bunch of ladies. They're very supportive. I mean, they don't want to be on board, but, but uh, other than that, and, and the gym has worked extremely well. I mean, it's just, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't like it, if we didn't enjoy what we were doing. So, and like Jenny and I do the most of the training of uh, the, the people who come to the gym and and uh, people always thank us and are very grateful and I say you know I wouldn't do this if I didn't like it you know it's just so you don't have any paid staff the the people that are doing the training and cleaning up and looking after it uh Ginny are all volunteers they're all, all uh, they're all owner operators in a sense exactly. it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you're able to make your rent and hydro and all of that through your uh, membership fees. Is, is that correct, Anne? Yes, not- it is. It is. But we, everything is covered. We have a little bit of a, a little bit of a cushion, a little cushion that we keep. Cushion's good. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's... it's we're not out to make money. No, no, we're not. And, no. and, and we, the, you know what, when the interesting thing is that if we if we had employees we would not be able to get insurance. Or insurance would be extremely costly. We would not be able to afford it. Right. So the fact that we are, are we have no employees uh, means that we can't we have insurance. Right. Now you call it, uh, I've read a bit uh, where you call it our gym, our mm-hmm. gym. You have a, a sense of ownership of it. Uh, at this point in 2023, Ginny, uh, how many members are there and are you getting new members along the way? We COVID really took, took uh, you, oh, yeah. I'm sorry to interject, but I think no, it's I, fine. I, I sort of what, what I deal with mostly. We do it, but yeah. But so anyway, um, we were we roughly about 45, um, but COVID did take a did do a number on us. And the other part is that um, our population is aging, aging. So we do get members. Uh, we have we have a lot of turnover. And right now it's caused mainly because people are getting older and they have health issues and so on. So that they, um, so, but anyway, we're always trying to recruit. Um, it's not, we're not as big a group as we were when we first started. And hope, we hope that that will come back. That we'd not, you know, we keep trying. Right. right. Yeah. So we just, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're, we'd, we'd be comfortable having a few more members. Um, we'd really like that, but, for now, we're sort of uh, keeping, holding our own, and you know, paying our bills. Do you advertise in any way uh, in any yeah, local publications and or online? Does that draw anyone in? We yeah, we we do we do advertise. Well, actually, we we become quite active on Facebook. Facebook, and um, and we do have a web page, and we do have a Google Business page. Um, but generally, we found and we have advertising in local word of mouth, and but. Like Jenny says, word of mouth is our, is our biggest advertiser. Working, doing it in the local media, it just hasn't worked for us in the local papers and so on. It just has not drawn a lot of people. But Google Business has and Facebook has, mostly Facebook, mostly I would say. Facebook. But the biggest one is word of mouth. 
Do you get seasonal of visitors coming in and saying, oh, I'd like to, you know, have a gym membership, let's say for a month and use your facilities, Ginny? Does that happen? No, yes, we have. And actually, one of our ladies, Heather, she has been our seasonal for since we opened because she was seasonal with curves of their cottage. And so she just said, can I come back? And of course you can. So like, she comes for the summer. She comes for the summer. And now we right. have three or four now that do it. So yeah. they do, like they do come back. So like that's a good part about it. And so I'd like to try to word out too. I said to somebody, I'm going to push that a little bit this year. Sure. A lot of these summer people, like, why don't you come in and join us? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And maybe there's some tourist uh, publications through Ontario Tourism or the, the regional in, yeah. tourism, uh, you know, things like that that you could get into. And and uh, maybe go on that angle. Um, are you giving back to the community, local charities and things like that? Co-ops yeah, often try good. and do that. We have been very good in yeah. some cases. What are some of the causes you've been supporting? Um, mostly the food bank. Yes, we food bank. We have a, a, a food drive. We've had a um, drive for men's items. Yeah, men's items in the food bank, which is lot yeah. of people don't do. Um, trails to trails yeah the walking trails um i work for, for the local hospice and um i do the thing that i always tell people that's i'm with with us and our girls usually support me when i'm doing the walk wonderful so, and that's uh, yeah now we, we, when we do have requests unfortunately because our numbers are low we don't really f have the funds to be contributing but we do ask the members to contribute. So, I mean, as a, on a volunteer basis, so we do have- Of course. Um, yeah. Of course. A high um, volunteer town, by the way. Yeah, town. yeah. Tell us a bit about that, Jenny. Oh, I know in volunteers. a small community, people have to uh, pitch in in a lot of different ways. Oh gosh, yes, the hospice. I'm in, uh, also with the uh, hospital auxiliary. Uh, I'm also with, I'm not going to go anymore. <laughs> I've been a few things. No, keep yeah. going, keep going. No, we need no, your no, help. No, I don't want to brag. She's our top, probably top volunteer in town, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's a great thing. I don't work with the food bank though, but I do yeah. with, with us when we do stuff. But and we try to push that. But uh, no, it's it's the town is great for volunteering. Like I, yeah, our hospice will say it right off the number one. Yeah. I cannot believe the support of our community because we are not. Um, what's the word? There's no backing from the government. If there is, it's very little. Right. And we have done so much. We have now two rooms and stuff. It's great. I'm not pushing. I'm pushing the hospice. <laughs> no, well, you know, I guess with the aging population, and um, it's just really great to have a hospice as an alternative to the hospital for end of life. Yeah, for sure. Um, what advice would you give to uh, others trying to transition to a cooperative model as small businesses? Uh, face succession issues. Nobody in the family to take it over, um, rather than losing the business or the service to the community. Uh, you've done it. You didn't it want to lose. It can be done. It can be done. It can be done. You just what does have it to take? Patience. Patience. A group of people who are interested. Yeah. Um, seek advice. Yeah. Always ask. The, the cooperative. I mean, they may not be able to. The, the local Ontario cooperative. Um, Association. association i mean they can't they can't help you with everything but at least they can get you started um and persevere i mean if you have a good group of people working just divvy, divvy up the work and do it you know we have to create had to create bylaws and we have to incorporate yeah um, delegate too there's a lot of delegations yeah, need to be pushed but, out 
But anyway, so no, it, it, it can be done. It's really worthwhile. Yeah, it is worthwhile. Yes, 100% worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Go for it. We That's... had a gym, uh, a group of ladies from, from Fergus, which is a town about... Uh, Eight, that much. Well, how far is it from here? About an hour and a, an hour and a bit. I, I'm not sure how many kilometers. But anyway, um, their curves was also closing, and they came to us for advice as to how to start a co-op. And they started it. Um, unfortunately, they had to COVID did them in, so they yeah. had to, they they shut down. They had to. Yeah. But, but, but they maybe. Tried. Yeah, but they're you're a resource for others who are. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing the same thing. Four times, not that everybody has done that, but the people, the cooperative actually association always puts people in touch with them. Well, so, that's what it's about, as you say, yeah, asking yeah, questions, right. networking, finding a resource, yeah, and you've become exactly. a resource for others uh, through moving, uh, you know, from a, a, a business to a co-op. So we thank you so much for spending time with us today and telling us the story of the Concordon Ladies Fitness Cooperative. And we wish you all the best going forward, both for your co-op, uh, for your uh, fitness and good health, and for the ways that you all participate um, to create a strong community of volunteers. It's wonderful. You really take care of each other and of, and of the community. So we wish you all the best. Thank you. It's wonderful. That's why we tell these stories, so that people are inspired um, to uh, give back and give to each other and create, you know, yeah. strong, resilient communities. And you've kept something going for many years and we hope for many years more. We so take so good too. care. Yeah. yeah. Thank we you thank very you. much. We thank you very okay. much. Okay. Thank All the best. Okay. Thank you. That was Anne Bromfield and Ginny Ross, founding members and long serving president and past president of the Concarden Ladies Fitness Co-op in Concarden, Ontario. Thanks Anne and Ginny for a really informative and enjoyable conversation. That's it for this edition of Each for All the Cooperative Connection. Thanks to my fellow cooperator Joshua Peterman for putting all the pieces together. I'm Sandy Goldman. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a cooperative week.